Welcome back to another week of Eye of the Storm, a Guelph Storm podcast with myself, Ryan Drury, the voice of the Guelph Storm on Rogers TV. And I'm very pleased to be joined by another great voice on Rogers TV and a guy I'm always joined by up in the booth. My color guy, the best color guy in the business, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Perry's on the show. Mark, what's up, brother? Oh, I am doing great, Mr. Drury. Uh, You humble me. I, I love it. I love it. Dude, it's great to have you on the show. I figured, you know what? It's it's about the quarter mark of the season. It's time to have a little check-in and dissect what's been going on in the Royal City and really the division as a whole. Um, just your opinion so far, Mark, on what's been going on with the Storm. They've had a much more competitive start than last year. It's a big, big improvement. They're getting contributions throughout their lineup. What's your opinion on how the team's been playing so far? I mean, they've been playing great. You know, we when we had a conversation uh, with head coach Chad Wiseman last week, you know, one of the things that he pointed out, and I totally agree with him, is that, you know what, this might be not not be the uh, the, the biggest uh, team in terms of uh, point production and goal scoring, but the key to this team so far has been their defensive presence and their goaltending. And I feel like that's really put them over to uh, where they are right now in the midst of, you know, the top the upper echelon of the Western conference. Um, I mean, you, you have Michael Bushinger back there. I mean, Braden Gillespie has been such a story all throughout the regular season. He has really taken the net and has, uh, has rolled along with it. There's just so much depth uh, on this team. Everybody's putting in contributions at key times. And I think that's really been the success story uh, of this team so far. Again, you know, I talked about the goaltending and defense and, you know, not as much scoring, but it's about when the goal scoring has been coming along. That's really led to their success. You know, emerging talents like Leo Serlin, uh, guys like, you know, Braden Bowman, a guy like Max Nemestikov as who has really gotten things going um, as of late, you know, their big guns are really starting to heat up. Um, but, you know, you, you want to see more goal scoring, but you know, overall you can't complain with uh, what you're seeing right now, especially with, as you mentioned, what we saw a year ago to this point. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot up in the booth and yeah, they're way down at the bottom in terms of total production. But one weird wrinkle with that is that, they, they rank second in power play percentage, and I believe they're leading or tied for the league lead in power play goals scored. So while they may not have a cumulative large total of goals, when they get on the power play, they seem to be really making teams pay for it. And, you know, they had a slow start to the both sides of their special teams last year. It really improved in the second half and into the playoffs. Have you noticed that they're doing anything different on the power play so far to make them so potent, Mark? I think they're just unafraid. I mean, they're the big key to that power play, it seems, is that booming shot from the point from Michael Bushinger or you split out uh, Braden Bowman to the side. I don't think it's been something that's been too much special in terms of you know, what they are doing that's leading to the success. It's just, you know, a simple power play, but that's, you know, simple but effective is probably the best way I can put it, is just being able to uh, maneuver the puck in tight areas, opening up space. You know, there was one game that I noticed 
maybe about a month ago that they were playing where, you know, they were really taking away the shot from, from bushing or at the point on the power play. So what do they do? They split it off to the half wall. They put it down low. They have Nemesnikov really on the, on the doorstep, able to, you know, really corral the puck on a moment's notice right in there and go top cheddar on, on some goaltenders. And then once they notice that that option is not there, well, guess what? That option on the point with Bushinger is right on back and he's able to slap it from the point. I think, you know, their their main success right now is just having, you know, so many different weapons that they can turn to uh, at a moment's notice. The other side of things, obviously, the penalty kill, which really languished at the bottom of the league last year. They managed to improve it down the stretch, but the tough start that they had really kept them down there statistically this year they're the best penalty killing team in the Ontario Hockey League it is a drastic improvement and we've talked a lot about this as well and it's such a key part of what makes them such a great defensive team a lot of discipline out there not too aggressive but they keep a really really tight shape and they're not allowing teams that seem pass through the middle they keep everything to the outside it's been really impressive to watch as well it's a tough house to penetrate, Ryan Drury. That is for sure. Um, again, like you said, keeping things to the outside. I think that's what's led to a lot of that success um, on the penalty kill. Those active sticks, being able to just get sticks in lanes, being able to block shots, being unafraid of you know taking a shot on, on the leg. You know that's that's really all there is to it. Again, I go to the the term playing simple but effective hockey, um, whether it is on the power play or in this case, um, on the penalty kill, being able to clear the puck out, you know, rather quickly for, for the most part. Uh, but, you know, that big key, as you alluded to, it's, you know, having that tight formation uh, in the middle, in the house, and really, you know, preventing those cross-seam passes and really keeping things uh, to the outside. And whenever you're keeping things to the outside, those are some sharp angles that Braden Gillespie is going to gobble up if you take those shots on net. You know, Gillespie's been such a story and we haven't seen a ton of Damian Slavic. Still just three starts in the league as we record this one win, two losses. But his numbers remain sparkling as well. Uh, clearly, they have a, a lot of great stability in terms of keeping pucks out. And I'm sure as guys start heating up, Vilmer Ulrichsen is getting better with every game we seem to watch him. Those guys down the depth chart, uh, Charlie Paquette has had an incredible start to the year. McGuire will start firing and, you know, the rookies on the team too. This is a team with quite a few of them. Obviously, Quinbo Shane's hurt now and we're hoping he recovers quickly, but Ryland Singh will be returning soon. He's looked very impressive. And then you look up front too at the guys like Snellgrove and McFadden, two rookies that they literally took all four of those guys in this previous draft. It's incredible that they've been able to insert all of them into the lineup at different times this year, Mark. And yes, they're not putting up huge numbers yet, but they don't look out of place out there at all. They do not. And I mean, it's not always about the point production that's indicative of the skill set that uh, these players employ. You know, usually you have some guys that are very quick. I mean, Snellgrove's got to score at some point. You would have yeah. to think that he's going to put it in at some point. Just the way he's been able to, you know, maneuver around the zone. You know, you mentioned Charlie Paquette being able to, you know, park himself in front of the net and be in the right place at the right time. Um, but again, just to go back to the rookies that uh, that have come in uh, this season, it 
it's they're 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 really buying into the system that uh, that they're given and you know they're going to be looked upon in the future to be you know those premier guys uh, on this team in, in years to come but right now they're developing such a, a great base and it's all about the good habits as well. And, you know, just their, their ability to just skate through the neutral zone, their abilities um, to, to just work with the veterans and, and learn from them. I mean, they're, they're soaking up so much knowledge, like, like a sponge, really. A lot of these rookies are very much a very sponge, like um, just with the way that the, they've been able to communicate and, you know, really rely on some of those uh, those older guys to help them out at the same time when they are, you know, not, you know, firing at uh, at all cylinders uh, on a given night and still trying to learn the game at the same time too. But you know, again, I'll go back to it. Points are not always indicative of the skill set or the talent level uh, of some of these guys. When we've seen them even out there killing penalties on that number one penalty kill, it's like really impressive. And you're right. These guys, maybe, you know, you come in as a rookie, you maybe feel some pressure. You want to perform and put points up. None of them are, you know, point hunting out there. They're just playing the game the right way and waiting for their opportunity. And the puck's going to start going in for these kids, man, because they're all too good to not have it happen. Um, you know, you look at this team and, you know, you see the leaders up there. Bushinger's having another incredible season. He's playing the best hockey I've ever seen him play recently. And, um, you know, we've watched him grow over the last couple of years. He continues to be excellent. If he's not the best defenseman in the OHL, he's top three, no question. Um, Braden Bowman started to heat up. Max Masnikov, you know, the, the leaders are there and they're heating up of late. If you could look down the lineup and I mean, you can name more than one if you like, but you look down this lineup and you see all that depth and the great defensive efforts, who's kind of the unheralded hero of the team so far. Maybe the guy that, you know, doesn't jump out off the roster when you look, when, you know, a fan would maybe look at it, but who's somebody that's maybe not familiar with the team. That's really been an unheralded hero for them. I might have to say McKenzie. I mean, let's be honest. This guy is doing everything right. He's counted on more and more uh, this season to you know play you know bigger minutes. You know, being able to play with uh, with veterans and be a veteran uh, on this team. I think you know you you talked about the Bushingers, the the you know the Braden Bowmans, the Nemesnikovs, and I mean, I might even throw Jet Luchenko, who's really you know developed yeah. into such a great hockey player on this team in just his second year in the league. You know, McKenzie, as well as Jake Carabella, also is another another guy that I don't think gets talked about uh, enough uh, on this team for his contributions. I mean, the leader when it comes to taking face-offs on this team, the Washington Capitals draft pick, I think he's really flown under the radar this season. Um, you know, he probably will be the first to tell you that he would like to have more points on the board than he does right now. But again, he's another guy that are, that is doing, you know, the, the little things right. But I, when it comes to unheralded, I might have to put McKenzie up there at the top. Hunter McKenzie would be a really good choice and a kid that, you know, struggled at times in his rookie year to kind of find a consistent role. And this year we're, we're not seeing that he's killing penalties. He's throwing big hits. Saw him getting a big fight the other night, sticking up for himself, which was mm -hmm. unbelievable. And he did very well in that fight too. big farm boy. I mean, he, he's out well, there he can, doing it. Chuck him. Oh yeah. I, I think maybe it puts some guys on notice, like stay away from 14 over there. Um, if, if I could have a vote, 
I, I, McKenzie's a great pick. I just, I can't get away from what Ryan McGuire does out there every night, man. The mm-hmm. kid is just, he's such a lunch pail hockey player. Like, Meat and potatoes, you know what you're going to get, but those meat and potatoes are high quality, man. Like he goes out there every night, he's blocking shots, he's throwing hits, he's not very big, and he goes out there and he's just such a pest. And in that game where we saw him recently in our most recent home contest, man, he was driving people crazy out there. I absolutely agree with that. Ryan McGuire. Yeah. You talk about meat and potatoes. I'm getting hungry for starches here. Starchy kind of fellow. That's for sure on the ice. Um, But I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. A guy that again, another guy on this team that you're not necessarily going to notice him on the score sheet from night to night, putting up, you know, two goals, three assists or two goals, a a helper each, uh, each time out and being a, a, a maybe a 90 to 100 point guy, but a guy that does all the other things, right. And as you said, you put it best driving the other team nuts. And, you know, that's probably, that might leave more of an impact on a game than maybe a guy that's putting up a couple of uh, uh, goals a night. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And he's really part of that fabric that has made this team so close. Mark, I know you've seen a couple of the episodes and just talking to the guys, you know, that I've been able to chat with so far throughout the show and, all of them to a man are just saying, man, this group's so close man. We love coming to the rink. It's, it's infectious and it really carries. And you can tell that this, this group, the way they play and the way that they're earning these wins, you can't do that. If you're not a close group and sacrifice your body, the way these kids are, it's really, really impressive. And it's been fun to watch down at the Sleeman center. If you haven't been yet come down, I mean, this team is working hard and they're fun to watch. Uh, Mark, You know, obviously, uh, the division that they're in continues to be, in my opinion, the best division in this league. That Midwest division, man, it it continues to be stacked with teams. The Kitchener Rangers are an unbelievable story. What a turnaround they've had from barely squeezing into the playoffs last year. They changed their coach again. They seem to have found the right guy. UC Ahokas is really driving home a consistent message, and it's working for them. They're scoring in bunches. London continues to be pesky. You know, Erie's only a point behind Guelph. You know, what a what an addition bringing in Godro. They seem to have stabilized themselves a bit. I think we're probably on the same page here, though, Mark, when I ask a, a lot of people, including yourself, who's maybe a, a shock story so far? And I think it's the Owen Sound attack. Like, man, oh, man, what is going on in Owen Sound right now? What do you make of their struggles? Because, man, their roster's way better than this. It it really is. And to be honest, I don't know what the recipe is to get out of it. I mean, some of these guys that they're not playing to their, their potential, I guess you can say. I mean, they got a great young goaltender in Carter George. They have such a powerful offense. I mean, I was probably one of many that took them as the team to beat in this division coming up this season with the firepower that they have and the potential that you know, they could bring in toward and including on the trade deadline. I really don't know what it is with the with this team and you know, if they don't get it uh, wrapped up pretty quickly and figure out uh, you know which direction the train's going to be going, it's going to be tough times at the Bayshore for the next several months. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, you know, they've they've had a lot of coaching changes over the last five years. And and I don't know how much of an effect that necessarily has, but I think everybody kind of looks at that roster and and goes, what's going on there? You know, like Barlow's there and Petrovsky, Sam Sedley's having a great year. But there are a lot of guys over there where you're looking up and down that lineup and kind of going, hmm, you know, they got Denny Gore, like a good returning cast of guys. And they're just they're in the thick of it right now. And I'm sure that they will turn it around. Mark, I want to talk a little bit more about you, obviously, because you're you're the guest on this show. Um, You know, obviously, many will recognize Mark is my broadcast partner on Rogers TV with Guelph. However, Mark also if you're not the busiest guy in the OHL, I don't know who is because you're also doing a lot of road broadcasts for Sudbury Wolves radio as well with a legend son. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, we got connected just over a year ago. This is our second season doing uh, doing games together. And I got to mention it as well. Today, as we tape this, is Mr. David Bowen's 23rd birthday. So wow. if you are listening, Davey. Happy birthday, buddy! And I'll see you in a couple of weeks at our next uh, uh, our next gathering. But you know, this was the the story came out that he was going to be doing play by play for some road broadcasts going into last season, and I had known the previous uh, person in there. Um, he didn't have too many people coming in as uh, as color commentators. He would have a rotating cast kind of thing, and I thought, you know what? maybe this is an opportunity for me to get in some extra reps. I mean, I love to travel. I love to see the rest of the rinks. So on a whim, I reached out to the Sudbury Wolves and sure enough, they said, yeah, absolutely. We would love to have you to do some, uh, to do some games. And, you know, me and David clicked immediately. Um, And, you know, our, my opinion, our broadcasts sound great. I, it gives me an opportunity as well to see what the Eastern Conference is up to. The Eastern Conference is uh, quite near and dear to my heart, something that uh, not a lot of people know. Uh, going back, the first OHL team that I covered uh, was the North Bay Battalion in the year that the Guelph Storm defeated them in the OHL final about 10, 10 11 years ago in 2014. Um you know, so ever since then, you know, I've always had that soft spot for the Eastern Conference. Fast forward to moving down into Kitchener-Waterloo in 2018, I was able to have a soft spot for the Western Conference. I love this league so, so much. And being able to do Sudbury Wolves games gives me that connection, not only for the Eastern Conference, but, you know, for Northern Ontario, too. I mean, I'm a Timmins boy growing up, uh, born and raised I love Northern Ontario. My roots will always be there. My family's always up there. Sudbury was a team that I followed closely growing up um, at the same time, too. So it's definitely an honor uh, to be able to call those games um, whenever I get the opportunity to. Obviously, my schedule's booked up a little bit more this year, obviously, being able to do games with you, uh, which is great. I have no issue with that. <laughs> um but being able to do games with David and, you know, learn under him at the same time, too. I mean, yes, the kid's only 23 years old, but he's also passed off a little bit of knowledge, too. And, you know, his pop has come by a couple of times and has passed on a little bit of knowledge uh, at the same time, too. And, you know, for knowledge from a guy that I idolized growing up is you know, that, that it's it's worth its weight in gold. I can put it. I'll, that's probably the best way to put it. 
Yeah, I certainly agree. You know, when you can pick the brain of a guy like Joe Bowen, it's uh, it's never a bad thing. And uh, I listened in on the Brantford game you guys did recently there, and you guys sound great. He sounds great. I mean, you can tell that he's his father's son, right? He's mm -hmm. got that same enthusiasm for the game. And, you know, what a luxury for all of us. You know, in my opinion, it's the best hockey league in the world. It's a lot of fun. And I, I've, I've shared this with you. I'm sure you've uh, you have a couple stories, too. The first time I met Joe Bowen was after a Leafs game and we had stayed late. Me and some of my friends, it's gotta be 10 years ago. And I saw him walking out with his suitcase and I thought I got to go say something to him. And I ran up and he was very gracious. He talked to me for about 15 minutes. He was fantastic. And I asked him, you know, Joe, you know, you're, you're pretty loud up there. Like you're screaming and yelling for hours on end all season doing 82 games. Like, how do you kind of keep your voice in good shape? And he just kind of looked at me and went whiskey and tea. And I went, that's great. That's fantastic. I've not taken that up myself. The teas in, in the rotation, the whiskey I'm staying away from. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm a whiskey guy. I, I will admit hey. it. So I'll, I'll have, I'll have a glass or two on the rocks. I mean, yeah, nothing thimble wrong with here that. And there. Yeah. Yep. You know, a little fisherman's friends to uh, to loosen up the voice, if you will, if uh, things go awry in that regard. But uh, yeah, actually, first time I met Joe, he um, so this was actually the first time me and David did a game together. It was in Mississauga. I'll never forget it. Me and David had communicated already a few times over email and phone. Um, but this is the first time I met David in person because this is the first game that we're doing together. Sure enough, we're calling the game and. Whose voice do I hear in behind me uh, coming to see his son call his first road game in the Ontario Hockey League? Well, Joe Bowen came to visit, had a great conversation with him, and you know the rest is history, if you will. I'm sure he told you all about uh, his his ownership of the Green Bay Packers, which he's very proud of. Big hey, he, he, had, he was sporting Green Bay while he was in the building. So. Of course he was. He typically is. Yeah, him and his sons all have a minority stake in the team, which is pretty cool. Uh, Community-owned team, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild that you're kind of getting to carry on the legacy with his son. Um, we both listened to him for so long, Mark. Do you have, is there a particular Joe Bowen call that sticks out to you that's one of your favorites? There's so many. There are so many. I might even have to go with the most recent, you know, playoff victory in the uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, just the you could hear the excitement in his voice where he just knew and he can feel Leafs Nation just that with that sigh of relief throughout the fan base, being able to finally, after so long, advance to round two in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're still waiting on that Stanley Cup call from him, but, you know, I think that's probably the one that sticks out to me the most right now, especially, yeah. you know, how it was scored too. I mean, it was an overtime goal. I mean, what what more can you want out of that? It doesn't get better than that. I, I like all the ones, you know, Austin Matthews scored one a couple of years ago in overtime and he said, big poppies in the house. That was a great one. I think my favorite, my favorite Joe Bowen one is the one when they put the Red Wings out in the playoffs in the nineties there and Nikolai Borshevsky scored it. Mm. And he, I've had him on my other show a number of times, him and my co-host go way back from their Leafs TV days. And, um, 
he told us a funny story because at the old Olympia in, in Detroit there, they, you know, they were right over top of the fans and all series long, the Detroit fans, like Joe's right over top of them. And, uh, you know, the fans would, uh, you know, heckle them and different stuff like that. So Borshevsky scored in game seven. And Joe said when he's leaning over and it's a great call, Borshevsky scores Leafs win. And he, he told us that, he was leaning over the edge of the broadcast booth as he made the call, pointing at the Detroit fans going, Leafs win, Leafs win. And I just thought that was priceless to be hey. yelling back at the fans at the end. That's just fantastic, man. I, I still have my uh, I still have my VHS tape of the passion returns from that season. Oh. And that's uh, that call will forever be just ingrained into my mind. Yeah, he had some legendary Sundin's 500. There's so many. Joe Bowen, he, he's the a legend. Gilmore goal, the wraparound on oh, uh, Curtis St. Joseph. Yeah. We're going back to Boston, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. there, There's way too many. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be lucky enough to have a bunch of those over the years. And, you know, Mark, it, it, it's a pleasure to work with you. You know, I think you're one of the hardest working guys in the league. Um, I think everybody else is kind of learning that as well with the amount of games you're doing and just the notes that you have. I mean, you, you bring everything that a color guy needs to bring and you make my life a lot easier. You got all you got so many notes before every game. And that's what you need to do. You know, you got to be well prepared and you certainly are, man. It's, it's been a fun ride so far and it's great to have you on the show. It won't be the last time and looking forward to some more great moments up in the booth in the Royal city, my friend. Absolutely. I will say uh, when it comes to notes, the one thing that everybody should know proper prep prevents poor production. Keep that in mind. Mark Perry, ladies and gentlemen, laying down the law. That's right. Listen up, kids. You want to be a broadcaster? You got to follow Mark's example. Don't follow my example. I don't know. What it is. But, but <laughs> Mark's right. the, I'm okay at it, I guess. Mark's <laughs> a good guy to try and emulate. Man, it's great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for doing this and uh, looking forward to a great season in Guelph. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, remember, guys, you can watch this show on the YouTube channel. Just search Eye of the Storm, a Guelph Storm podcast. You can find it on all your favorite podcast mm -hmm. apps, Spotify, mm -hmm. Apple. You can also find links to it on the Guelph Storm website. And, hey, for all your ticketing needs, visit the Guelph Storm website or the box office at the Sleeman Center. Again, if you haven't been down to see a Storm game yet this year, come see Mark and I. We're upstairs. We're not hard to find. Come see the team. They're working hard, and they're playing great. We'll be back next week with more Eye of the Storm.